I'm going to continue with the message we started on finances. And uh, it's very clear in the scriptures. And I'm going to pray for us. Please bow your heads as we pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Minister to us from your word. And truly share with us your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is giving us just one principle to go by so that we can have all that we need on the earth. The principle is the principle of seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. God told Noah, he he made a covenant with Noah. He canceled what he did with Adam and he said, from now on, I'm not going to cause the ground for man's sake, but from this time on, it's got to be seed time and harvest. If you don't sow seed, you will have no harvest. There is a natural seed to sow, and then there is the spiritual seed to sow. Basically, I'm talking about labor. Seed, God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, God is the one that gives seed to the sower. God will give you seed if you want to sow, but you have to let God know that you are willing to sow seed. Seed sowing demands labor. It demands labor. You see, you have to give God something for him to work with. He needs something from your hand so that he can walk. And I shared with you, when Jesus multiplied the bread, he just didn't pull bread from heaven or allow manna to fall from heaven. He said, I have something better. But give me what you got, and I'll take it, break it, bless it, I'll give it right back to you, multiplied. But you have to let go of what you have before he can multiply it. And you have to have something to give to him to multiply. And that's where your natural labor comes into play. There are two kinds of labor. And both of them have reward. He who labors receives wages, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. If you labor, you receive wages. I believe, sorry, John chapter 4. If you labor, talking to the woman at the well, if you labor... You receive wages. You cannot labor and not have wages. As long as Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Even if he calls you into another man's labor, you still will get some wages. So there is a natural labor and there is this uh, supernatural labor. So we got two kinds of labor. The natural labor is to get seed. And remember what the seed is all about. Every seed God created with the seed according to his kind. So we're not just talking about money. If you need friends, sow friendship seed. Amen. If you need money, every seed, every tree with seed according to what? His kind. If you don't feel encouraged or depressed, try encouraging others. Watch out for those that look like what you're going through. And sow some seed. He's okay. God's going to help you. You see, I'm going through things in my life, but I'm trusting God to help me. And I know he's going to help me. Amen. And as you sow the seed of encouragement, they're thinking, wow. Jesus sure God's going to help her. Maybe God's going to help me too. Amen. What have you done? You've sown some seed. And if you sow, you will reap. You reap your harvest. Your harvest day is going to come. Amen. So there is natural seed there, but we're talking about finances here. Now, with regards to finances, I want you to know something. God doesn't like waste. God doesn't like you to waste anything. And if you are wasteful, God knows that you are wasteful and he knows not to trust you. A lot of Christians are wasteful. They spend money that they don't have 
Because they got this plastic. Amen. To impress their friends. And sometimes to impress people they don't like. And then they get in trouble. You already have, uh, 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 is it iPad they call it? It's, it, it, you had one the other time and it's good. But now there's a brand new one in town. And this one has a little brighter face to it. And maybe you can see the pictures better. Now you just bought that thing for maybe $400, $500 or whatever. And then now you're thinking, I think I need a new iPad. Oh, iPad. Well, you don't need it. You just bought the other one. But my friend has it. So you go and spend money that you don't have to get the new deal in town to look good. Meanwhile, the creditor is collecting all the money you got. And that's a waste. When Jesus multiplied bread, think about it. When he multiplied bread, he tells us in John, after they've eaten 5,000, he said, take up everything. That there will not be anything wasted. Take up everything. Well, you just fed 5,000 people. Why are you so concerned about the waste? What are you going to do with the rest, what's left? He says, no waste. Pick up everything. When you are wasteful, spending money, just wasting everything that you got, buying things that you don't need, you keep it in, and then you carry, keep them in your home, and before long they have dust on them because you really don't need them. Why are you just wasteful that way? Why are you putting so much money, the seed that God's giving to you? You know, remember this. God is the one that gives you seed. You just spent the seed that God gave you to sow on iPod. That's not right. He sees it. So what, the, especially when you're going through difficult times, the best thing to do is to start laying money aside first to take care of your family needs. When things are difficult, so that you have that to take care of yourself and anything more than you want to sow for the rainy day. Put some money aside for the rainy day. It's so important. Some money aside when things may be difficult. So as you, when you have all the seed, you have to put some for your family to take care of yourself, right? And a little bit more so that if something goes wrong, you are not panicking and crying to God, do it to me now, give it to me now. Oh, I'm going out. You know, hold me back, God. Give it to me now. I'm going to do something bad. But you got to, to take care of yourself. Let me share something with you. It's so important. These principles are all there for us to see. So we can live a life of wisdom on the earth. You know, there was famine in the land. You remember the story? And Joseph was in Egypt. And Jacob was in his own home. And they had some need. But guess what Jacob didn't lack? Money. Jacob had no lack of money. He had stored some money away for himself. He sent his children down, and Joseph recognized them and put their money back. And they thought, it's a trap. It's a trap. He's trying to trap us so he can punish us. We don't know this guy, but he's determined to hurt us. And he's wanting our brother Benjamin. And they fought with their father. He won't let Benjamin go. He said, no. He endured until they needed more food. But before they left, he finally, Judah spoke to him and he decided, okay, I'll let you guys go. But get me some fruit in the house. He still had something. This choice fruit that we got. You need to give this guy a present. Amen? Get some fruit. Get some figs, whatever you got, the best. So to give to this guy, this mean guy, you know, that's over there, 
trying to hurt you guys. You go back. And then read this. Genesis 43 verse 12. Joseph then said, take double money in your hand. And take back in your hand the money that was returned in the month in the mouth of your sacks, perhaps it was an oversight. Notice he tripled the money, right? The one that was brought back, he was sending it back. The one he was sending them to go with, he doubled it. You see, he still had jo- uh, Jacob still had money in the time of famine. He wasn't money that was his problem; it was the food. Did you get that? Money wasn't his problem. If Joseph was all right and okay, Joseph wasn't troubling them, he'll get enough food for his family during famine. He had the money. He was a covenant child. Amen? He had the money. Money wasn't the problem. But God, who knows beyond that, provided for him with Joseph. Keep your money, God said. I still take care of you. Amen? When you do what's right, God will take care of you. But you need to do what's right. Don't just be wasteful. Don't just buy something just for buying's sake. You don't need it. Or to impress a friend or somebody that you don't like. That's why when you go into that, you're praying to God and asking him to help you pay off your debt. Anything, it seems things are difficult because you didn't do it with his will. You did it maybe to hurt somebody else. And have integrity in your business. He who is faithful in the little, he's faithful in much. He who is unfaithful in the little things, he's going to be unfaithful in much. When God knows your way of doing business is not right, he knows if he puts true riches into your head, you waste it, you hurt people with it. You're not right. You're not dealing in integrity. People hurting their employees and all of that. Proverbs 13, uh, 11 verse 3. The integrity of the upright will guide them. Amen? The integrity of the righteous will what? Guide them. But the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. As you cheat and you lie, trying to get ahead and taking advantage of people, you may enjoy it for a short period of time. But watch out, you're coming down. And you have no help when things get difficult. All of these have to do with the natural labor. Helping yourself to get seed. So you can can sow into the kingdom. Now I want to talk to you today about supernatural labor. You can have the natural labor. That's why a lot of people work hours and hours trying to get uh, uh, ahead. They have three jobs and, and five jobs or whatever they can have. And it, it, they feel that they, Pastor, I can't go to church. I got to work. I got some. I got to work. I got to take care of my family. I got to pay my bills. And my job will not allow me to do this. I tell you. Don't do it unless God tells you, I will not work any kind of job that makes me get out of God's house consistently. I know it's not from God. I'm not going to take it. I just won't do it. You've made your choice. Sunday is the Lord's day. Amen? If you were in the Old Testament, you couldn't work on Saturday. Right? It was Sabbath day. Sunday is the Lord's day. And I'm not going to give the Lord's day to somebody else. So that the business can make money. So they can give me a little trickle down to take care of my family. No. So there is labor involved. It's called faith. When you trust God, that God's going to take care of me, I don't need that job. God will give me something better. Let me share something with you. The disciples, or the people that 
ate the bread that Jesus made in, in John chapter, chapter 6. Uh, after they ate the bread, they wanted to make him king. You remember? And, and Jesus went and he was getting away from them. And they found him. And they said, Master, when did you get here? And Jesus said, hey, you're looking for me, not because you saw this miracle, but because you ate bread and you will feel. Don't labor, again labor, amen. Don't labor for the food that perishes, but labor for the food that will be there for eternity. He'll take care of you today, take care of you tomorrow, and you'll last into eternity. He says, I want you to labor. So, believing God is labor. They ask, what can we do to do the works of God? Jesus said, I'm glad you asked. Yeah, those are my words, not Jesus. Okay? <laughs> In John chapter 6, verse 28, he says, Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may walk the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God. I mean, you know, if you work for God, he's going to pay you. He'll pay you. That's labor. That's labor. Jesus said, this is the work of God. Every worker, Jesus said, receives wages. This is the work of God that you believe. Amen. And him whom he has sent. That's the work. That's labor. Believing in God is labor. He's a lot of work. Most people are not willing to work that work. They're pursuing their own life. To follow God and to be truly committed to Him is labor. Because what your mind tells you is, I'm going to do the natural thing. You forget that just doing the natural is not good enough. You need the natural and the supernatural to get you over. You need both of them. Many focus on the natural and they forget the supernatural. You do all, you learn all of this stuff, all the principles of finances, all the principles of saving. If you're not making much, how can you save? Uh-huh. How can you save? Your car is constantly breaking down. It's an old car. You can't afford to buy a new one. And you're barely making it. And this guy is telling you, please budget and save. And you're asking, from what? I got two kids, they got to eat. So you need God to, to, to help you. You see, God doesn't like inconsistency. Christians are so inconsistent in their devotion to him. That's not labor. To be consistent with God, that's labor. And when he, you are consistent and you stay with him and you truly believe, then he knows he can trust you. And then he begins to pour into your life because he knows where your heart is. He said, if you are not faithful in your godly mammon, who is going to give you true riches? You waste it and kill some people along. These things are so important. This is true labor. So you just don't depend on the natural. Let me share this with you. In Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds a house, their house, they labor, what? You get the word labor? You're laboring in vain. Who built it? Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you. You know why God said this? He, he wants to lead you to verse 2. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. You come back, you're tired. You haven't slept. You're constantly working and working and working. It's a bread of sorrow. You're working. You got some money, but you're not getting along. You're not getting ahead. It's fighting your home. Your kids hardly see you. And you come back. You're tired. You eat. You're not happy. It's a bread of sorrow. You're doing it in vain. 
Because God gives you sleep. He gives his beloved sleep. He wants you to rest. But now you're pursuing money so hard, trying to get ahead. You have no time for him unless the Lord builds a house. Though you're trying to build, you are building in vain. You're doing the right thing, but you're forgetting the supernatural. You need the labor that's supernatural to put you over. Amen. Both of them are needed. And just because you have skills doesn't mean you're going to make it. And just because you work hard doesn't mean you're going to make it. There are doctors that are poor. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There are poor people in every profession. There are poor preachers. There are preachers that have planes. I'm in the middle. Can I, can I? Amen. Every profession. Two people with the same degree. Have you seen that in the natural? Two people with the same degree. They graduated from the same school. The same degree. Sometimes one is smarter than the other one. And the one that is not as smart as making it is a millionaire, multi-millionaire. And you wonder what went on with him. What was wrong? It's not your labor. That's why people get frustrated. They say, I've done everything I know to do. Have you found people that way? I've done everything I know to do. You get in this profession, you're trying to make it. By the time you graduate, everything has changed. You can't even find a job. God has to do it. God has to do it. You remember Simon Peter? Simon, a true fisherman, amen. He was an expert. They know when to catch fish, right? And they went at night. They knew the Sea of Galilee. They knew where the fish, and they went in to get fish. They labored, right? All through the night. They caught nothing. And he came back, and I'm sure he's planning in his head, I'm going to go back home to my wife and tell my wife how terrible things were. We couldn't catch a thing tonight. It's, going to be, it's been really rough on us. And then he got to the show, and Jesus was around in the multitude. And he got his net off, or his net, and, and he started cleaning the net. And Jesus sat from his, Jesus said, I, I want to use your boat. You can have the boat. Basically, he didn't help us all night. You can sit on it and preach. So he said, push it a little in, into the, the sea so I can talk from there. He, he helped Jesus. And he sat back and, and listened to the message. And, and boy, how wonderful to listen to Jesus. Amen. I'm sure Peter was just soaking everything up and forgotten about all his sorrows. The fact that he didn't catch any fish, but this, this world's good. That's my feeling, okay? I know I wasn't there. But then all of a sudden, Jesus got through preaching and said, hey, Peter, launch further into the deep. And Peter is thinking, you are a preacher. I'm a real fisherman. What are you talking about? It's daytime. We, we don't catch anything. I mean, in fact, what are you saying? Jesus said, put, let down your net. Peter said, I need to let this preacher know what I've been through. <laughs> I, I need to let him know. So in Luke chapter 5, verse 5, he said, But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night. I'm an expert vision man. We toiled all. Let me inform you. This is not going to work, master. We toiled all night and caught nothing. But he said something in his heart said, what those words coming from you. He said, nevertheless, nevertheless, I, I, I'm a real fisherman, but I think you know something that I don't know. Uh, I'll listen to you. Uh, nevertheless, uh, I will let down the net, even though it makes me feel foolish. Uh, doing this in broad daylight, uh, not where we normally catch fish, uh, I'll listen to you. Amen. He let down the net. And guess what? He became a wealthy man. He caught fish like he never knew he'll ever catch in his life. 
He had to beg his friends, please come. Help me. Help me. Amen. He had a good story to tell his wife when he got back home that night. You won't believe this. I cut. We spent all night toiling. And this preacher said to do this. I'm telling you. We were not even in the place where we normally catch fish. Just close to the shore. It's not your labor or your skill that will put you over. The labor is to believe the words of Jesus and act on them. Believe what the scripture says and act on the word of God and see what God will do with your life. Yes, you need all the principles. And I thank God for Brother Wayne. He has all of, all of both, you know, what I'm sharing with you. And he's going to be sharing that with us. But I'm telling you, you need both of them. You need God to give you the seed, amen? And so you sow the seed and then you get more. That's what the word says. In Agar chapter 1 verse 9, he says, You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away, says the Lord of hosts, because my house that is in ruins, while everyone of you run to his own house. What God is saying is, you're working hard just to make, but you leave me out, you're not going to make it. And the little you make, I'll make sure you don't keep it. That's what he's saying. So we need to follow through with what God says. The key here is serve God, not money. Serve God and not money. If you have anything... If you today, as you're hearing my voice today, if you have anything that God cannot touch, put his hand or touch in your life, that thing has become an idol. Anything that God cannot take from you, that thing has become an idol. And God's going to test you. He tested Abraham, give me that boy. You remember that? Give me that your son. Your life is hooked up in that boy. I need to know if I'm first or your son is first. And if you hold it back from God, he knows he can trust you, can do business with you. But if you let go of it, then he knows you really love him and that you care about his kingdom, about what he needs. Then he's going to put it through you. You need both. You need both. Don't serve money, serve God. That's what the Bible tells us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Don't make money your focus. Make God your focus. Let it be, God, I need it because your name has to be glorified in this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek to follow through with what God, God's agenda on the earth. And if you have God's agenda on the earth in, in your heart, and you seek to fulfill it, not for your glory, but for God's kingdom to be advanced, God will put it through you. You see, many Christians, they want to be prosperous, so they chase after prosperity, and they can find it. There are two R words. R words. First one is repent. Repent. You repent when you want to come to God. Okay? The second word is return. If you need your finances changed, get better, what you need to do, not repent. Return. Return. And I'm going to share that with you. Return to God. Return. That's what we need. We need to return to our God. Look at Job chapter 22, verse 21 through 24. 
He says, now acquaint yourself with him. That's with God. Acquaint yourself with him. How do you do that? Get to know him through his word. Amen. Get to know this God. Spend some time to know this God. Acquaint yourself with him. And be at peace. Thereby good will, good will, what? Come to you. When you acquaint yourself with God, and you get to know God, spend time praying, study the scriptures, you're still doing your job, trying to get the seed to sow, because he's teaching you principles. You are acquainting yourself with God, knowing the way he works, knowing the principles of his word, what he demands of you, how he tells you to take care of the poor, how he tells you to minister, how he tells you not to forsake the assembling of the, the brethren together, all of those things, you are acquainting yourself with his principles if you do those things then and god who cannot lie says it good will come to you goodness and mercy shall follow me how many days of my life all the days of my life when you acquaint yourself with god you spend time with him and you pray before god and you begin to know him better hey good has no choice if you say you don't want good, it's too late. Good will come upon you and knock you over. He says that's the way good will come to you. Good will come to you. He says, receive please instruction from his mouth. That's getting to know him. He received these principles, instructions from his mouth. And lay up his words in your heart. If you return, amen, if you return to the Almighty, you will be what? Built up. You will be built up. It doesn't matter how low you are today. If you return to the Lord, by and by with time, he will build you up. And it will be the Lord's doing. He, God, will build you up. When you acquaint yourself with him. The time has come where you have to beg Christians to worship God. Please come to church. This pastor is not going to do that. Amen. I'm going with those who want to know him. And I guarantee you God's word will work. I know it. I know it with all of my heart. I'm not afraid of the future, what God's going to do. But if those who will sit and listen and act on the word of God, this God that will serve will put you over. He'll help you. He will help you with your children. The blessings of the Lord makes one rich and doesn't add any sorrow to it. He says he will, you will be built up. You will remove iniquity from your tent. When you acquaint yourself with him, you begin to, he begins to help you. You don't need that. You don't need that. I'll help you get rid of that. Say, Lord, I have difficulty in these areas. Could you help me? Say, yeah, I'll help you. Because you're acquainting yourself with me. I'll remove that from you so that I can bless you. I need you blessed. Now, he says you will remove iniquity from your tent. Then you will lay your gold in the dust. One translation says you will lay up gold as dust. Amen. Then, only then, you will lay up gold as dust and the gold of her among the stones of the brooks. God will begin to bless you if you return, return, return to the Lord. Acquaint yourself with him. Study his word so that he begin to instruct you in the ways of life. And before long, people are watching, what's going on here? It's like the story I told you about this uh, Muslim man that was watching these Christians going to church. Poor Christian fellow, couldn't pay his bills, couldn't eat properly. Kept going to this church and receiving instruction. And then before long, the Muslim guy noticed he's talking about buying land. Huh. To buy land in Lagos is expensive. You poor fellow, you couldn't eat. And then he met other group of Christians that had no job, nothing. And then before long, the wife has a good job. And then he's buying a Mercedes Benz. 
In a third world country, uh, when you buy your Mercedes Benz, you don't make monthly payments. Amen. You pay for it on the day you get it. Amen. And so the Muslim fellow said, there's got to be something in that church that they're going. I'm going there. I don't care about my Muslim faith. I need what's going on in that church. Call it whatever. I'm going. In the wind. Amen. Then you will begin to lay up gold as dust. When you give God everything. I'm tired of Christians that you have to beg. Can you come to prayer meeting? Pastor, you don't understand. I, I'm tired. I'll make it next week when you have. When are you going to have that prayer meeting again? Next time I'll be there. He's lying. He's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I have a little bit time? So I can finish, please. Good. Thank you very much. I love you guys so much. <laughs> I really do. I pray for you. You know, I'm serious. I really pray for you. And I'm begging God. Uh, uh, you don't know yourself. But I, I want God to put the love. I believe I have it. But I want more. For God's people. I love him. And I love his people. Every one of them. The good and the bad. No, kidding. <laughs> I love every one of them. But if anything that God will use me, <coughs> maybe through words, whatever it is, let me see God at work. Amen? My joy is fulfilled. That's all I want. Amen? It's just things. Things. But let me see God working in your life. But the key is to return to the Lord. Return. In Malachi, Pastor Wendy read this. But I would like to start from verse 7. He says, Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. What is the word? Return to me. Return to me. When you need forgiveness, you repent. When you need God to bless you financially, you don't repent. You can do that. But what you need to do is to return. Because as far as God is concerned, you moved away. You're my child, but you moved away from me. He wants you to return. We've read that in Job. He said, return to me and I... Will what? I will return to you. When he returns to you, good will come along. Amen? That's what he's saying. You know, when God says these things, it's not like he's mad at you. He's, he's hurting. Because you've allowed yourself to move away from him, and good is gone from you. So he's pleading with you, why don't you come? And I... We return to you. It's not like you're sinning against God. You, you left his ordinances. Amen. You left his ordinances. It says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? You're asking, how do we return to you? Then God asked, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? God says, in tithes and what? And offerings. Not just in tithe, but in tithe and offering. You, when you follow God, you got to complete that. I don't give tithe without adding some offering. They don't like doing that. Both ways. You have to. Some Christians just measure in giving their tithe. The tithe, I said to you last Sunday, you don't give your tithe. You pay your tithe. You don't give what doesn't belong to you. And I said, if you run your bills or you use your credit card, you don't give them your money, you pay, right? 
That's what God, you pay your tithe. So God says, return to me in way of tithe and offering. If you return to God, and we know this scripture, he says he will open the windows of heaven and he will pour out a blessing upon your life so that there will not be room to contain it. That's what he's saying, you return. I don't argue with any Christian who doesn't want to pay their tithe. That's up to you. But if you want to return to God, that's what you need to do. Then he will begin to rebuke the devourer. Everyone that God, God said, why don't you test me now, right? Is that not what he said? Prove me now. If I will not open. Now let me tell you, everyone that's made it in the kingdom of God, proved him. If they're doing well, they spent time proving God. What about you? When are you going to prove him? Everyone that has been put over, proved him. You see, God, when you enter into covenant with God, the first place God is looking for, after you've made him savior of your life, is to connect with you in covenant, and the key way to do it is your tithe. I'm going to share that with you. You remember Joseph, and I'm going to close with this because it's so important. Tithe, there is no option to that, and I'm not preaching a message on tithe, but you really need to know this. It's your giving that's going to put you way over. But your tithe, that's what connects you with God so he can pour upon your life. Now, close with this. uh, Jacob, when he was leaving, his father had a dream. And God showed himself. He saw this ladder and angels, you know, going up and down. And then when he woke up, he says, God is in this place. He built an altar. And then he made a vow to God. You know the vow? He said, God, if you bless me, I'll pay. I'll give you tithe of it. So tithe was before the law. Abraham was before the law. He made that promise to God. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> now he went to be with Laban. And he walked for so many years. And he came to a point, 14 years later, Jacob was saying, look, I have nothing. I have nothing to show for all the labor. Labor, nothing. You changed my wages and I got nothing to show for my work. And he was really frustrated. And then all of a sudden in his sleep, God appeared to him and an angel appeared. According to Joseph, he said an angel appeared to him in his dream. And they started showing him about the spotted and the speckled trees. Remember that? And the formula he was going to use to be wealthy. And I'd like you to see this. Genesis 31, verse 13. God then appeared to him. God said to him, I am the God of Bethel. Why didn't God say, I am the God of Abraham and Isaac? Good question, right? That's, he'll rec- Jacob will recognize that, right? Because Jacob knew God was the God of Abraham and Isaac, his father. But when God spoke to him, he didn't say, I am the God of your father, Abraham. He said, I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow. You know why God didn't go to say, I'm the God of Abraham? The tithe vow was very important to him. Let me remind you, God said, I am the one that you saw at Bethel. And remember, I'm walking with you based on your vow to give me your tithe. Amen. Amen. You let that go, your covenant is broken. Amen. You have to make a covenant. God is saying, I have a covenant with you. He's different. I'm not going to relate to you just like Abraham. But now he's going to be the God of Jacob. But I'm reminding you of Bethel. That's where you made a vow. God could have said, I am the God that came to you in Bethel. And you anointed the pillars. No. He reminded him of his vow. It was important to him in the covenant. If you let go of that 
area. You know, hmm. every good house that is built needs a foundation, right? A strong foundation. If you don't put the foundation of your tithe in your covenant for blessing, you may go up, it's coming down. Because one day the wind will blow. Amen? The storm, the hurricane, the rain, and you going down. Because your foundation is not right. So God was reminding Jacob, I'm going to make you Jacob. And when God spoke to Jacob at this time, he wasn't wealthy yet. It was after this because Jacob was talking about how God appeared to me and gave, showed to me this thing that I needed to do. And God had mercy on him, but God said, I am the God of your father. You're going back to with your land, but you stay for a while, and I'm going to bless you. But don't forget, you made a vow to pay your tithe. Amen? If you're here this morning and you, you don't want to re, uh, return to the Lord with regards to your time, I, this church is where me, uh, our needs are met. Believe me, I'm not doing this because we need finance, finances. I shared with you last Sunday, I don't talk to uh, church people, I talk to him. Last Sunday I told you when we asked 12000 he gives it to us. And we've been doing this, that's the way the church is going to be run. The reason I'm sharing with you is so that God will minister and bless your family. Make it sacred to you. The Lord, the tithe is the Lord's. Maybe why you're going through your trouble is because you have been negligent of this. I read in a book, a woman who had been faithful. How many know that pastors close several times when they preach? (laughs) I am part of that group, okay? He said, this finally, and then he goes, another finally. (laughs) But I was reading in this book, and a lady who had been very faithful to God, paying her tithe, and God was blessing her, and she forgot to pay a tithe, according to the story. And all of a sudden, her car started developing all kinds of problems. She took it to the store, they fixed everything, she brought it back home, the same problem. And on and on. And she finally realized, ooh, it was weekday. She ran to her pastor during the weekday. <laughs> said, Pastor, here is the time. This thing's got to be stopped. And the pastor was sharing the testimony. This is important. That's the devourer. Amen? If you want to build yourself up, start with this. Amen? Don't let it be too tough for you. Start with this. And then go over. You don't have to give an offering. You, for this church, you're free to give to any ministry. Do what God leads you. I give to other ministries, personally. Every month I do that. You need to give. Amen? Our ministry gives to other ministries. We have to do that. And I came back from conference ready to do more. We're going to be giving. Because in true giving, we receive our blessings from God. Bow your heads with me this morning. I'm going to give an opportunity to those you want to know God. Somehow in your heart you feel like there is a desire, I want to know God, but I don't know, I don't feel him, but I want to truly know God. Pastor, would you pray for me? I want, I like to know God. I want Jesus I want to be confident in my life that Jesus is with me and he's in my heart. If you're there, this, if you're here this morning and you want that, would you put your hand up quickly and put it down? Just up and down. Put your hand up. Thank you. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Thank you so much. God saw that hand. And God, and uh, I, I need everybody to pray, especially for the one who put your hand up, uh, the ones who put your hand up pray and mean this i pray i know without a doubt jesus will come right into your heart amen and all you need to do two things pray the prayer but tell somebody maybe somebody who is your friend i prayed that prayer and i meant it today jesus is now my savior if that comes out of your mouth you will begin to feel the witness 
and the joy will begin to well up inside of you because God cannot lie he says with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation not confession of sin he's telling somebody that Jesus is now the Lord of your life if you do that without fear no shame your name will be written in the book of life amen and remember after this service my wife and I will be here other people will be here. I need our prayer partners up here. You have any need? You need somebody to pray with you? Please feel free to come so that God, we can pray with you so God can meet your need. Pray with me, everyone. Pray with me to accept the Lord, especially the ones that have made, in, uh, made it in your heart to know him today. You've made up that decision. Say with me, Father God, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. I realize that I'm a sinner and Lord God I know I need forgiveness I ask you to forgive me today cleanse me from all my sins write my name in your book of life Lord Jesus I confess with my mouth that I believe in you I believe in your sacrifice for me thank you lord i welcome you into my life in jesus name amen now stand up stand up i'm going to pray this because i feel led if you are hurting in your body wherever please place your hand where you're hurting if you're feeling pain or whatever put your hand there i'm going to pray a prayer of healing and uh, god's going to heal you i say my friend straighten your back still hurting from that day it didn't hurt from last sunday god healed him last sunday here very quickly very fast so god can heal you so put your hand where you're hurting this morning and god will heal you as we pray god you are jehovah you heal your people we are in covenant with you and you do heal Lord, I come against every sickness, every disease, every pain. I rebuke the pain in Jesus' name. I command them to leave the bodies of the people of God right now in the name of Jesus. And I command healing upon their bodies right now in Jesus' name because of the covenant we have with you. Thank you for healing us in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Now, do what you couldn't do before. I believe you'll find the pain is gone. Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.